We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Yeah, you heard it there. This is Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. That guy's sitting right over there. That's Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. Chris and I are both riding high today. We are both diehard fans of the Oakland A's. And the A's <laughs> did what uh, we believe to be impossible uh, was win a winner-take-all playoff game. They beat the White Sox 6-4 to four in Game 3 of the American League Wildcard Series. Don't turn the podcast off. We're not going to talk baseball the whole time or even for more than a minute. But it was a really exciting thing that happened in my life. And <laughs> Chris, I think... I think it, I, I don't want to speak for you, but having something just kind of go right, just in general, given how things have been going, felt really, really good. Yeah, I agree. I did have the thought, though, like, is this something that could only happen in 2020, given the A's struggles and the fact oh, that they absolutely. had the longest the longest losing streak in elimination games in baseball history? Was it like, 
just this only happens in 2020 and everything will go back to normal whenever the world goes back to normal and the A's will choke in the playoffs <laughs> and hey they <laughs> and might then, they and might then trade away all their good young players they could easily lose in five games in the ALDS too and then we're right back at square one but right right exactly <laughs> I was despondent all day they fall behind three nothing I had written it off and then they come back and they win six to four it was amazing yeah. and it was a really good time and I got to yell obscenities at my TV uh, for the first time in a long time, and it felt really, really good. Anyways, the, let's the talk. A's, being an A's fan is a good, uh, like, it's, it, it, it's a good way. It teaches you to approach other humans, like how to approach relationships with other humans. Mm. Don't expect anything from anybody and just be pleasantly surprised when something, when someone does something good. That's sort of how, like, that, that, that's how I treat my relationship with the A's because I just always expect the worst because they always trade the best players because they never sign anybody good to long-term contracts. Right. Um, and they'll fail in the playoffs uh, at some point. And so if you just expect that, then you're not really going to get heartbroken. And if they do end up winning the World Series, then you could then you could actually really feel good about it without all the other emotional stuff that comes along with the losing. Does that make sense? Dude, I completely agree. I mean, okay. really couldn't agree more. And I honestly think that's why we get along so well because right, neither of us expect much from the other. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we're gonna talk 49ers football now uh got a little bit of news heading into week four the 49ers host the eagles are back home after their two-game new york swing the 49ers host the eagles on sunday night football at levi stadium and it looks like uh not great news on the injury front but some some slivers of good news uh, it sounds like George Kittle is going to be back. He was a limited participant in practice all last week. Of course, didn't play against the Giants. He's been a full participant this week. He told reporters in a video conference uh, that he is playing on Sunday and he looks forward to playing on Sunday. He could have played in week two had the injury happened later in the year. He would have played through it. That's what but he's going to be. That's according to the player. Right. The player was fine, uh, <laughs> which is always the case. But it also sounds like they're going to have Debo Samuel back. And Chris, I'm going to defer to you here because you were on the conference call with George Kittle, who was the one that dropped the hint that Samuel is going to be back. But the 49ers opened Debo Samuel's practice window. He's been on IR for three weeks, so they can open his practice window. They have until 1 p.m. on Saturday to make a decision about whether to activate him or not. But it sounds like, based on what you were saying, Kittle said uh, the the 49ers are probably going to activate Samuel to have him out there on Sunday. Yeah. So the question was posed to Kittle that, you know, how excited are you to have Debo back? And he was talking about, oh, I can't wait for Debo Sunday, blah, blah, blah. Just kind of alluding to it. He didn't say Debo. I know for a fact Debo is going to play Sunday. And he didn't. He wasn't asked the question directly, is Debo playing Sunday? But. I, I think Kittle, the way Kittle spoke about it, put, you know, led the reporters to believe that Kittle thinks Debo's going to play Sunday for whatever that's worth. That's not necessarily um, like locked in 100 percent Debo's going to play. And it could be by the time you're listening to this, Kyle Shanahan will will have said on Friday afternoon um, during his media availability that Debo uh, will or won't be activated. So with the practice window yet, yeah, like you said, he can. He can be activated um, Saturday afternoon. I would guess if Shanahan's going to do it, he would just say it uh, on Friday. So um, what Shanahan said early in the week was, you know, it wasn't a guarantee that Samuel's going to play. He needs to see how he practices. But Shanahan also said, we know he's healthy. We know he's uh, been conditioning a lot and he's in good shape. 
Uh, we just need to see him play football for a couple days before we just give him the green light to play. So Samuel obviously practiced Wednesday and Thursday, and um, I have no reason to believe that there's any reason Samuel won't play. And hopefully, I don't come out of this with egg on my face. And the team says, "Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna give him a few more practices and have him next week against the Dolphins." Um, but I think uh, <laughs> I, I think generally the assumption is right now as we speak, that Samuel's going to play. And I, and I think it's likely that Kyle Shanahan will confirm as much on Friday. Their offense could use it, for sure. Having their number one receiver back uh, alongside Brandon Ayuk, who played so well in week three, uh, having Kittle back, I think we'd get a little bit of a, a better glimpse of what this offense is going to look like. Of course, still probably going to be without Raheem Mostert, probably going to be without Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's kind of what I want to talk about next is Garoppolo hasn't practiced either Wednesday or Thursday. We're recording this Thursday night It kind of all signs pointing to Nick Mullins starting. And that's not a huge surprise. What I want to know is, and I've been kind of grappling with this all day, but do you think that, do you think that had Mullins gone out and thrown for like 110 yards, a touchdown and two picks and the Niners squeaked out a win if he'd be starting this week? Like I know Shanahan uh... said that wasn't how it would go, but it, it yeah. feels a little bit like that's how it's gone. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good point. Cut. So what one thing I've learned about Kyle Shanahan is that he would never admit to something like that, right, on the record in a press conference, right? Um, and not any like smart. That's not something a smart coach would do, just in general. So, um, yeah, I think there's a chance. I, I think, you know, if we base the Garoppolo situation on the Kittle situation, you know, Kittle said. If if it were a playoff game week two, so the game after he got hurt, he would have played. Um, Shanahan said earlier this week that Garoppolo, the, the team could have had Garoppolo practice late in the week last week, but decided not to. So to me, it would seem like Garoppolo probably could play this weekend if it was a winner go home scenario. But. I think the 49ers realize that given what they've seen from the Eagles so far this season, that they could probably win the game with Nick Mullins. And that's probably also a sign of how strongly they feel about Nick Mullins, right? Like mm -hmm. they, they have Nick Mullins. They know he can operate the offense and not fall f flat on his face. Um, Oh, it's, it's warm in here. You might hear my dog panning. <laughs> he just jumped What's up, up on the bed close to the mic. He's a big Nick Mullins guy. Roscoe is very <laughs> yeah, excited. He got, to hear he got excited when, uh, when I started mentioning Nick Mullins, um, <laughs> I might have to let him out here, but, but, um, so to me, my read on the situation is that if it were a, a scenario where you absolutely had to have Sunday's game Garoppolo could potentially play and I think it, it was pretty telling that he was on the sideline last week against the Giants um, given that it's an ankle injury right like you typically wouldn't want somebody standing for four hours on an ankle injury right um, so that was telling to me I think the 49ers in general are very conservative with injuries um, and they will if anybody has anything minor they'll just put them on ice for a little while I think particularly at this point in the year um, we talk about, you know, the COVID season and all that and sort of treating September or at least the first four weeks like the preseason. Um, I, I think that could be what the 49ers are doing here. And so to your point, if Mullins looked terrible and the Niners were one and two right now, um, I could see a scenario where Garoppolo is playing, but it's also a hypothetical. It's impossible to say. And 
football people do not like hypotheticals. Do if, if to, to anybody out there, whoever plans on asking a, a football coach anything in a press conference, don't throw a hypothetical at them because they will tell you they don't they don't operate in hypotheticals and you won't get anywhere. Right. So um, my but, my favorite my favorite version of that was Shanahan when he got asked if there's a scenario where Mullins could basically play his way into the starting job. He's like, that's a scenario that doesn't exist, but I don't look beyond one game. Right. Like, All right. <laughs> right. Okay. Dude. He's like, yeah, for right now, Fucking Jimmy Garoppolo is absolutely the quarterback. But if if Mullins throws for 600 yards and uh, seven touchdowns, then it's going to be hard for me to take him out of the lineup. <laughs> right. But no, it's Jimmy's job. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's probably going to be Mullins. Because what one thing Kyle Shanahan said, too, was that um, he would need to see Garoppolo on the practice field right to prove he can move around and protect himself um leading up to friday he he basically said that's those are the type of practices they have wednesday and thursday friday's more of a walkthrough right so given that garoppolo hasn't practiced wednesday and thursday i would think it's very unlikely that garoppolo could prove to shanahan that um that he can move around and protect himself in a football setting when friday's practice is really just sort of a, a walkthrough Another spot that we might see a new starter, different starter, is at cornerback. Um, the entire situation's up in the air. So if you've not been following along, Richard Sherman's on injured reserve. He's eligible to come off injured reserve after Sunday's game. Um, K1 Williams is dealing with a hip injury, but he was limited in practice on Thursday. Uh, Akella Witherspoon has been dealing with a hamstring injury. He didn't play in week two. Was a full practice on Wednesday, but limited Thursday. And Emmanuel Mosley hasn't practiced because uh, he still has a concussion that he suffered last week. Which, all of that is to say that it looks like Jason Verrett is probably going to start this week, just based on the injury situation. But my 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 actual question is once their f- entire secondary is healthy, do you think Jason Verrett, if he is healthy, starts next to Richard Sherman? I think if he plays well, um you know, I, I think it's pretty obvious that Verrett is the best player among Witherspoon and Mosley and himself, right? Like right. that trio of right. the best guy. The problem is, is the injury issues, of course. And there isn't a, there isn't a ton of track record there, but it, it sounds like from everything I gather that um, the 49ers are really, really happy with how Verrett played. And obviously he's a former first round pick. So there is that upside there that he has. So, yeah, if Verrett is awesome against the Eagles and then, you know, if Richard Sherman doesn't come back against Miami, if you save Sherman uh, for the Rams the following week and then Verrett puts together another really good game against the Dolphins, then you really have to start thinking about it because, you know, Emmanuel Mosley hasn't been bad, but I don't think he's been great to the point where you absolutely can't replace him if you're getting more production from somebody like Jason Verrett. Um. So I definitely think it's going to be interesting to watch. Witherspoon's situation is is interesting or a little weird, maybe concerning, because he was a full participant in Wednesday's practice. Today he was limited. Um, right. When we were out there, 
uh, he was doing rehab stuff. He wasn't, he, he stretched with his teammates and then went and did rehab stuff during the individual portion of practice. Mm-hmm. So it could be that, um, it put it this way. It wouldn't surprise me if Witherspoon doesn't play on Sunday. So if he doesn't, um, I have no idea what's going to happen with Mosley today. He was running around with a helmet on, um, just sort of doing random conditioning, sprinting stuff. And that's part of the protocol, being able to put a helmet on and, and do that stuff. But we'll have a better idea if Mosley plays uh, or if Mosley practices tomorrow and the steps he takes through the concussion protocol, because he could he could theoretically return to practice tomorrow and then clear protocol in time for Sunday. But we don't know right. how that's going to go. So if that if Mosley and Witherspoon are out, it's going to be Verrett and Dante Johnson. Um, right. But anyway, back to your question. Yes, I think there's a scenario that exists that J- that would allow Jason Verrett to start opposite Richard Sherman when he comes back. I think that's certainly possible. Uh, our guy, Eric Crocker, you can listen to him on the Striking Gold podcast, uh, also on Blue Wire. He also does a lot of really good film work on Twitter, and he did a breakdown with the All-22 of Jason Verrett showing against the Giants. And man, uh, he played really, really well. I think he gave up two catches for nine yards. Uh, one of them was a was a pretty tough catch on the sideline. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I think that now health is the obvious concern there, right? Yeah. Like um, his start last week was his first one since 2011. If he does start on Sunday, it'll be his first consecutive start since like October of 2016. Yeah. Um. So like that's a that's obviously a huge if but man um he looked he looked really good on Sunday and given the 49ers issues up front with their pass rush if they can get another corner who's going to play at a really high level opposite Richard Sherman that's uh, very significant i think yeah because even last year when they had the best pass defense in the league the the thing was was always like well what about the corner spot opposite Sherman right um that could be exacerbated without the pass rush with Nick Bosa and DeForest Buckner and D Ford basically, you know, playing for another team or out. So if you could shore up your coverage and and really fix the only weak point the Niners defense had last year in the secondary, then you could be in a really good spot and you could win a little in, in different ways um than last year, but you would you know, other there are other teams that build from back to front, not front to back like the Niners do, right? So if you are good in coverage, that's that could be a winning formula if they get a healthy season from Brett, which is a huge if. Right. Huge if. Because even during training camp, he was healthy for like three weeks and then had the hamstring that cost him two um, and kept him out of the first two games. And only now has he has he put together really two straight weeks of practice. And like right. you mentioned, he hasn't appeared in two straight games since 2016. So it is a serious question mark. Let's uh let's preview the Eagles, but first we will take a quick break. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contact li- contactless drop drop off delivery setting choose from your favorite national restaurants like chipotle wendy's and the cheesecake factory many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too just open the doordash app select your favorite local spot and your food will be on its way 
Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, all one word, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Thanks to the lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. It's been really hot lately. I've had a hard time beating the heat in my house, but it's I'll be so honest, I've had, I've had some ice cold Pepsi, and it's definitely helped. So Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi is made for watching football. Speaking of football, the wait is finally over. Football is back. We just caught some red hot Jets, Broncos, Brett Rippon versus Sam Darnold. And let me tell you, folks, it didn't disappoint. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. That's right. You've got Jets, Broncos on the Thursday night slate. Doesn't interest you? Well, hey, make a little wager. And then you have something to root for. You have something to watch. You're welcome. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Adam Gase, first coach fired, not a bad bet. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Uh, Pro tip, I would not, no matter the odds, place dollars on the Broncos or Jets to win the Lombardi Trophy this year. You're welcome for the free tip. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's talk about the Eagles. All right. Let's do that. They're not very good. They and certainly haven't played very well. No, and that's and that's I think the conundrum for me with the Eagles is they are 0-2 and 1. I might have earlier said they were 0 and 3. They're 0-2 and 1. They're winless. They they feel like an 0 and 3 team. They should have yeah, they it's a, they they have not played like a team that deserves any sort of win or even a tie. Right. But it's not as if they tore everything down and are starting from scratch. This is the core still of a team that like was in the Super Bowl two years ago, three years ago, I guess. Yeah, they won it in 2017. Like this is and and it's a lot of the same guys. It's the same coach. It's the same quarterback who was an MVP candidate that year. And their injury situation's rough. They that's a, that's a huge part of it. Yes, they lost two starting offensive linemen before the season even began. And I think that's having kind of a, a trickle down effect on their entire offense. But one of the notes today that I saw on the internet that you also have here in the rundown is the Jets had in practice on Thursday. The Eagles. The Eagles had. The Eagles had 
in practice on Thursday, one wide receiver active from their 53-man roster. Mm. Yeah, it's not great. One. It's it's really not great. It's <laughs> like a guy who played quarterback in college is their best receiver. Yeah. That's where the Is that Eagles Greg Ward? At. Yeah. Yeah. So Deshaun Jackson's questionable. He didn't practice. Um, I don't know what's happening with Alshon Jeffrey. He came back to practice last week. He hasn't played since December. He has had surgery in the offseason to correct a a Liz Frank injury in his foot, which is really tricky. Um, and so I don't know what to expect. Like there's a chance the Eagles add like two practice squad receivers who get significant playing time on Sunday. Um, that's obviously not good. Jalen Rager's out their first round pick from TCU, a guy who I watched a little bit on YouTube, um, AKA in, in the lab. You, you popped the film in. Yeah. I popped the film and spent some time in the lab breaking down Jalen Rager. Um, which also means watching highlights. <laughs> and uh but no, he's a guy I liked and somebody that Doug Peterson obviously liked enough to to take before the 49ers took Brandon Ayuk. Um but there's just not a lot of positives going on right now with the Eagles and they look like a terrible team. The numbers back it up. Carson Wentz who was probably going to win the MVP in 2017 before he tore his ACL against the Rams um has like literally the worst numbers in the league among like any starting quarterback even worse than coming into tonight I know um Sam Darnold played tonight but I I know this week coming into this week he was dead last in quarterback rating and like yards per attempt were way down and um tied for the most interceptions yeah six interceptions just like really really terrible stuff from a guy who a lot of people thought would be like I remember in 2017 there was conversation like is there is there another quarterback you'd rather build around than Josh than uh, Carson Wentz? Right. And a lot of people, a lot of smart people were like no, like he's number 1 for me right now. Yeah. Um and so it's just crazy to see how poorly things are going for him and the Eagles offense, but I I think the injuries are a huge part of it. He doesn't look like he trusts his offensive line. Right. Um he doesn't look healthy. Uh, just watching him, just watching the last two games, he doesn't look like somebody who's like fully in tune with his body and whose fundamentals are like 100% correct. So there's a lack of trust of the offensive line. There's probably health issues and his receivers are injured and or terrible. Um, and he can't get the ball to the receivers he does have. Right, right. So all that being said, though, which is why this game is so weird is a lot of times in the NFL, the exact opposite of what you think is going to happen happens. And the Eagles still have that pedigree of a team that won the Super Bowl and they have a hellacious stretch of games coming up and they're right. really back. Their, their backs are really up, up against the wall. And so I could see them having a kitchen sink effort. And when you look at their formula for winning, it starts with their defensive line and their pass rush, particularly along the interior with Fletcher Cox. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the Achilles heel of the 49ers offense at this point is, right. is their pass protection from the center and guard spots. So the, it could be a letdown performance and it could be something where Fletcher Cox has two sacks and forces a fumble and Nick Mullins throws a couple picks. And then it's really a game that could go either way. Right. Not right. Be, because I think if the 49ers play like they did last week or the last two weeks, 
and the Eagles play like they did the last two weeks, then the Niners will blow them out. But that's just not how this usually works. And I think that given it's going to be on Sunday night, it's going to be in front of a national television audience. I could see the Eagles coming out and playing hard. Yep. Um, it might just be they don't have the horses, which would make which would make sense. There's um, a there's but, a version, and the reason the reason to me, I I I can't just pencil in a, a 49ers W is, and I think this is a little bit what you were saying, or maybe all the way what you were saying, just articulated differently. <laughs> I <laughs> the Eagles have a lot of good players. Where if you told me they just kind of figured it out and scored 31 points and held Nick Mullins and the 49ers to 20 points, it would just be like, oh, okay, yeah, they figured it out. And I don't think that's I don't think that's gonna happen. That, that's not like a prediction or anything. But that's why I'm not just going. Oh yeah, the Eagle, the 49ers are gonna roll. The Eagles are 0-2 and one, and they haven't looked good. Yeah, they still so, have good players. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this too. Like last year, they started out one and two. They beat Washington, mm-hmm. lost at Atlanta, um, and then lost at home to Detroit, and in a game that they totally should have won, right? And everybody's like, "What the hell's wrong with with the Eagles? Carson Wentz isn't playing well. Right. How are they losing games at home to teams they should beat?" And then on a Thursday night, they went to Green Bay and beat the Packers thirty four twenty seven, and sort of you know, got, got a little bit of their swagger back. And then they ended up, you know, they, they didn't have a great year. They finished nine and seven, won the NFC East and then um, lost in the first round of the Seahawks. But like, I think that game, like the Packers last year could happen again. Like they could come to San Francisco and the thing too, without fans, like with fans, you know, a primetime game for the defending NFC champions, like that place would be rocking on a Sunday night. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like yeah. George Kittle back, Debo back. It could be, you know, like the Monday night game against the Browns last year, right? Like that place was bananas yeah, was in the first half. Yeah. And the the crowd had a lot to do with that, right? Just the atmosphere. Um, That's how blowouts can get away from you if you're a road team in a hurry, right? And that's right. sort of how I look at this. But the Niners won't have the crowd to... um the crowd to contribute to that it will be an empty stadium so it's like the momentum that you have generally translates to the crowd but you're not going to have the crowd there so when you hit a lull is is momentum going to be able to shift quickly in the game right like because that that sort of felt like it was it happened in against the arizona uh cardinals in week one Mm -hmm. um so i do think that's a little bit of a unique factor to think about but yeah, I mean, just, just everything on paper and everything on the eye test tells me that the Niners should roll the Eagles. But everything I know about the NFL, too, is that expect the unexpected and rely on pedigree. And I do think the Eagles have that pedigree. And we saw it last year in that Green Bay, Green Bay game, which is why I bring it up. And so maybe that's, you know, maybe there is a great performance coming from Carson Wentz after getting buried 20 times over by, you know, the local media in Philadelphia this week. The Eagles are a team that's playing bad. I don't think they're a bad team. And right. maybe they and the, continue. The circumstances maybe they continue, are terrible. And maybe they continue playing bad against the Niners and the Niners route them. But there's a very real scenario where they start to figure it out. And it's a much tougher game for the 49ers and Nick Mullins. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. It's also possible the Niners win by 20 points. Except, yeah, right. I'm I'm open to all scenarios. But this isn't like the Jets game. Right. Um, 
or, or or even the Giants, where I think in hindsight, um, there was a lot of hand wringing over who the 49ers were rolling out, and it was never going to matter because the Giants are bad. Uh, right. This is not. This is this is not that. Uh, even though the Niners could could roll them, I'm I'm a little more skeptical because uh, I think the Eagles do still have good players. Yeah, and a good coach like Doug Peterson outcoached Bill Belichick on a Super Bowl. Yeah, so I'm not writing absolutely. The, the Eagles are one of those scary teams that you just will like always if... like will <laughs> always play you tough. You you think that's why this yeah. year is so alarming for them so far because yeah. they have looked exactly. so bad. And it could be one of those things where they lost a couple of key pieces in the offseason and they didn't have a chance to integrate new players. And this yeah. is basically acting as a preseason for them and they'll figure it out in a month and they'll they'll rip off seven straight against a bunch of good teams. So Yeah. So they um, lose right they now lose, the Eagles are bad though. They lose at Washington. They lose to the Rams at home, thirty seven nineteen. Um they, they lose at Washington the after being up like seventeen nothing. Right. They tie the Bengals at home and they just look really, really terrible. And this is why I think, you know, their backs are up against the wall. They go at 49ers, at Steelers, Ravens at home, Giants at home, Cowboys at home, and then they're by. But like Niners, Steelers, Ravens. That's brutal. Is brutal when you're 0-2 and 1. Like yeah. it's very, there's a chance they're, they're 0-5 and 1 in three weeks. But there's also yeah. a chance that like, oh, they they beat the Niners get their swagger back and and then all of a sudden they're not this terrible team that they were the first the first right. month of the season basically. Right. That being said, I think the 49ers are going to win. I agree. Because you you said you didn't think they'd have the horses and I think that's I think that's really kind of what it comes down to is to take advantage of the 49ers uh weaknesses right now on defense just with their with their injuries in the backfield or in the secondary you need like we saw daniel jones unable to take advantage of that right and it, if carson wentz is running out greg ward jr and then chris biederman and kyle mads in it receiver and zach Ertz has not been awesome he gets a ton of targets but i just don't think he's quite the dynamic player he was and they lost dallas goddard yeah dallas goddard's dealing with an ankle injury a ankle fracture i think yeah he's on ir so it, it's just they're you need weapons to kind of try and take advantage of of some of the the shortcomings for the 49ers right now and I just don't think they I don't think they have it whereas the Niners are getting two of their key weapons back or they should be so, with Kittle and, and Samuel. If and when Nick Mullins um we think Nick Mullins is probably going to play well. He'll have George Kittle yeah. back. The Eagles defense is you know, it's good up front but it it could probably be had by Kyle Shanahan. Their linebacking core stinks. Right. I don't know about their secondary right now either. Um, so say Nick Mullins throws for... I'm 250- checking pro football focus. You keep going. Okay. Let's say Nick Mullins throws for 260 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Niners win by 17. Mm-hmm. Um, in Philadelphia, are they doing radio show segments about trying to replace Carson Wentz with Nick Mullins next year? 1,000%. God, I wish I could. I, I wish there I could would be, listen to it. That would be awesome. There would be, there would inevitably be the like start Jalen Hurts chatter because that's already happening. Yeah, that's already happening. But there would definitely be some hosts that would be like, "Well, screw that. I want a guy I know I can play." And Nick Mullins, he's good. And then they'd be <laughs> able to say, "Like, do you know how many? Do you know how many quarterbacks have more passing yards through their first nine starts 
two, and one of them's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. It would be stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, Nick Mullins is, uh, what, first first eight starts, he's behind only Mahomes and Andrew Luck. Is is Cam Newton on that list, too? I think it's Mahomes, Uh, Luck. I think it's Mahomes, Luck, and after eight games, Cam Newton was there. Nine games, I don't think he's there anymore. Okay, so Nick Mullins is basically just a little bit worse than Patrick Mahomes. That's what we're saying. <laughs> but it's funny how all this stuff works, right? Like everybody, you know, like people Stat- look people look at stats like that and it's right. like catnip and it's like, oh, that's all we need to know. Oh, like Nick Mullins is tied Joe Montana's record for, you know, consecutive 220 yard games to open his career. Like, yeah, why? Why isn't Mullins starting over Garoppolo? Garoppolo doesn't have that stat. Well, it's like. Context matters, but also like with Mullins and Montana, I don't we we don't need to go here, but like different eras. Um, yeah, no, I'm, it's stat, I'm, right. Stats are supplemental. Right. Right. Stats are supplemental. That's a good way to put it. They don't tell the entire story. They they help you tell a story. Yes. Um, but it's just and it's hilarious how. Yeah, because Carson Wentz could theoretically bounce back, win MVP next year and then be considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league like it was two years ago, three right. years ago. Right. Crazy. Uh predictions, and then we'll get out of here. Uh okay. I'm gonna do this off the top of my head. Um Nick Mullins, good in prime time. He is remember that Raiders game. PTN. <laughs> um man. Thirty to seventeen. Home team. Forty nine ers thirty, Eagles seventeen or thirty two yeah. to seventeen. 30, <laughs> sorry, 49ers 30, <laughs> Eagles 17. <laughs> uh, okay, Nito, I like that. While I, I, while I think that there's a better version of the Eagles than the one we've seen through three weeks, um, the reality is that they're not. I don't I don't think they're going to be good enough. They might improve a little this week. I don't think they're going to be good enough to beat the Niners. Um I think it's 49ers 31 uh Eagles 21. I think they get in the end zone three times. Um but maybe one of those games that the Niners kind of control the whole way and it's never it's never as close as, as the score kind of looks. So Like I I feel like 31 21 Niners. Something super weird would have to happen for the Eagles to win, I feel like. Like yeah, we'd need to be like a bunch of turnovers by the Niners or like, like a blocked field goal or some for some reason CJ Beathard's in the game and like you know Kittle aggravates an injury or whatever like something the Niners aren't prepared for happens and then they have to adjust and can't do it. Um that's how I think the Niners would have to lose this game because I I just don't think the Eagles are going to have the horses to outplay the Niners. Um and I know the Niners aren't close to full strength either but like how many players do you get to like best players in the game? We we have this conversation sometimes with, with Nick in our group chat. Like of all the best players in this game, how far down the list do you go to get to the, the first Eagle? And so like, dude, in theory, the Eagles have like a bunch of players, but they're all hurt. Like the Brand, you'd have Brandon Brooks on there. You'd have Lane Johnson on there for sure. Johnson's healthy. Um, but like f- right now, it seems like Fletcher Cox is probably like the fourth or fifth best guy in the game. And all the other guys are 49ers, right? Like you take Kittle. Um, yeah, but but you there's, take Fred but there's, Warner. 
You take yeah, Trent Williams. But there's a ver- there's a version of Carson Wentz where like you're taking Carson Wentz first. Right. We just haven't seen anything close to that. This right. Week. And yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that maybe that shows up. But for me right now, it's like, hey, the president just tweeted that he has COVID. No, he didn't. I swear to God. Tonight, Flotus and I tested positive for COVID-19. We will begin our quarantine and recovery process immediately. We will get through this together. All we have never done point. a... Uh... Never done a breaking news thing, and I was going to wait till after the pod, but th- that just felt like something that needed to be said on the podcast so people know that we are well-rounded individuals who don't have our head in the sand with sports all the time. So that's what happened. The president has COVID-19. Oh, my God. Okay, um, I'm not. I don't want to elaborate on this. On no, this we don't podcast. have to. I just felt like breaking news. <laughs> wow, we need to announce this now, uh, just so it. And by the time you're listening to this, you probably know. And there's been a million things coming out about it. But uh, yeah, it just that's one of those things. I was I looked over at TweetDeck and saw that scroll across. So okay, well, on that want to wrap the pod <laughs> <laughs> transitions. Yeah, hope everybody. Uh, I mean, hope everybody's healthy. Yeah, you don't stay you safe. Know. Wear a mask, yeah. please. Yeah, be um, everybody. Um, and and also everybody in the North Bay dealing with the fires and stuff. Still thinking about you guys. Um, so hope everyone's safe and uh, with all that. It's a tough scene. It's it's just it's brutal. But to anyway. every hey, to everybody listening to this podcast, like you're you're making it. You're doing it. Keep going. I'm proud of you. And I that sounds like I'm juggling that. Like life is hard usually. It's been harder. And uh you're making it. So keep doing what you're doing. Uh subscribe, rate, review, do all that jazz. Uh but like I said, mostly wear a mask, stay safe. Uh be nice to people. And we will see you guys after the 49ers and Eagles game. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.